Back for another round of end to end on the weekend, season three, episode four. We're here to dive in about in a bunch of stuff in the NHL. And one main thing that keeps popping up in the NHL is the COVID protocol list that keep coming out every week with multiple players on it. And for some reason, this week seems to be the most jam-packed week I've ever seen in the National Hockey League for this. And uh, I don't know if you know the exact teams, Joe, but like just list them off what teams are kind of in the mix there. So right now, it's like the New Jersey Devils who had basically half their roster put on COVID like either last Sunday or Monday. Then Buffalo got put on there. Minnesota got put on there. I think those are the three major ones right now. Vegas and like San Jose, like they had a bunch of games postponed. They just played last night for the first time in like over a week. Like Colorado, I think, is on there now till mid next week. Like it's such a disaster now. Like this is very similar to how the MLB, when they started up and they had those outbreaks the first weekend, but like you would think the NHL would have way more protocols in place, way more testing in place compared to something that started like seven, eight months ago mm-hmm. being the MLB season. So it's honestly a joke right now. Like there's nothing else to just describe it. So we're going to get into like how they're kind of trying to fix that. But like right now it looks terrible on the league. Yeah, like it's just a postponement after postponement. Like I wake up, send my lineup for fantasy and then, like, about an hour later, the game is postponed for the guys that I have. So, like, I don't know what they're going to try and do. Like, when you have 17 positive, not positive, sorry, they're on the COVID protocol list, they're not all positive, something happened there. So, they went out somewhere, they were extract. like, you don't get 17 players exposed to COVID. Like, come on. They're doing something out of the lines. Like, they're not just together, they're together outside somewhere, but... That's besides the point because that can happen to every other team. But the Canadian division seems to be untouched. Why is that, you think? Well, first of all, the protocols in the country are better than the states, Mm -hmm. first of all. Because every state is basically different. Like, you have Arizona that has fans in the building, for Mm -hmm. God's sake. So does St. Louis now, for some reason. Yeah, St. Louis now has it. Florida has it. But, like, that's just already the regular fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So, like, some states have it. And those are some of the... like the teams that have been shut off, like even Florida, well, it wasn't Florida specifically, but they've had like in their division, like games postponed, like Carolina forgot to mention they were postponed like last week they've been playing. So like, it's just like a disaster now. And it's based on like the States, individual States in the U S allowing fans. And then in Canada, it's just like, they're, they're not traveling across that many provinces. Like you're comparing like, 25 states or so compared not even not 25 like 20 states compared to like seven provinces so like it just and the whole nhl protocols we're going to get into it right now like how they've kind of trying to change it so what the problem what they're trying to do now is they started this i think on thursday already where to let air circulation flow in the arena they got rid of the glass where the coaches stand so the glass behind them to kind of, I guess, they're thinking is to get air circulation flowing. So it's since they're all stuck on the bench so close together, all the coaches and players. So that's what they're doing right now. They're also uh, increasing the amount of tests that are being done to players. So they're doing the regular test, I guess the PCR test, I think they're called, and then rapid testing right before the game. I it should think have been done from do. the start, though. Yeah, exactly. 
And like we could get into like what happened in the NBA like last night as well in regards to like these leagues <laughs> just not taking it seriously or like there's so many issues. But we'll focus on NHL right now. We'll, we we should get into the NBA what happened last night because that was a joke as well. Mm. But and then I think they're increasing just protocols for like what players are allowed to do outside of the rink and also what time they're allowed to come before a game because mm-hmm. usually like most NHL players for a 7, 7 p.m. game Eastern time, they'll come into the arena around 4, 4.30. Yeah. Now the NHL is only allowing an hour and 45 minutes before, which really affects a lot of players' play, uh, prep time before yep. the game. So now they're allowed to come earliest, like 5.15 for the game for a 7 p.m. start, which it might. I'm not a pro athlete, obviously, so yeah, I, yeah. it's not a big deal for me. But for them, like especially guys that love their prep time, like – Guys were outspoken about it this week. Andrew Kopp and Mark Shifley, they were outspoken about their prep time. So what do you think of, like, the new NHL protocols? Like, it's so hard to, like, judge them on something because they're changing stuff. But, like, they're just changing little things that may not even help. Except the rapid testing. I believe that will help. But, like, it's just so that they kind of look good in a way. So they, like, oh, let's make some changes and, like, let's... Like, not make them believe that we're, like, making major changes and stuff, but, like, just, like, okay, we're making changes, that's good enough. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know how much glass behind the coaches putting it down makes us makes much sense when people in an office job put, like, two, two plastic panes of glass or something beside them so they can't go near their coworkers like you, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if that's better with airflow and stuff like that, but the hour 45 before the game... Like you may, we may not see it uh, on the ice, the product, the players, but like players on the bench and coaches would be like, okay, this guy's having an off night. Like you could just probably tell that people are like coming in like later for the games and having like a fast preparation superstition sort of thing. Like, yeah, it could be be effective, but like, I don't think we'll be able to see it, but some players and coaching staff might be able to see their players, but at the end of the day, it's change. Whether it's good, bad, or something, it's change. So, I mean, you can't complain that the NHL is not doing nothing, but I don't know how big of a difference it's going to make. So, I think that's all for... Uh, we could go to the NBA one, because that was ridiculous. Yeah, so last night in the NBA, it was the Raptors against the Brooklyn Nets. So, obviously, we're both big Raptor fans. And it was versus, like, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. So, bef- right before the game... It was questionable that Durant was going to start because of some COVID test coming back or something about false positives of people that he was with before the game or like the day before or something. So he didn't start the game. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I guess everyone thought, okay, he's not playing tonight. Then sometime in the first quarter, he, he was into the game. So he basically came off the bench, even though right now everyone thinks that like he's positive. Mm-hmm. So so let this sink in. So no one knows what's going on. So I guess they did another test during halftime. So Duran is still playing second quarter, third quarter. Third quarter, he gets pulled from the game for the rest of the game due to contract, ta- contact tracing. So Durant doesn't play the rest of the game. And the Raptors go on to beat the Brooklyn Nets. Fine. Mm-hmm. Then Durant, after the game on Twitter, basically rips the nba basically saying like free seven free kd because he had no idea what was going on the nba had no idea what was going on like 
the guy was pulled from the game, but he played. But, like, why did he even play in the first place? Yeah, I know. Like, that makes no sense. And then if he was positive or if someone he was with was positive, why did the game even go on in, in the first place? Like, that's a disaster. Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah, that's, it, no, that's nowhere close to KD's fault. That's the NBA. Yeah, that's the NBA. Like, I, I, I agree with KD. Like, what the hell is going on there? And then, uh, then now they just announced the All-Star Games happening. No player wants to go there. LeBron doesn't want to go there. Giannis doesn't want to go there. Harden doesn't want to go there. So that's not going to happen now either. Oh, yeah, easily it won't happen. Like, the NBA, like, what the hell is up with you guys, man? You're making the NHL look good over there. <laughs> like, why is your priority hosting an All-Star Game without fans? To make a quick buck on TV, like, like, dude, no, none of the players want it, and you're and you're basically the owner of the NBA. LeBron doesn't want to go there, so that's not gonna happen. Yeah, probably not gonna happen. So yeah, well, like, COVID stuff is gonna leak in every sport, but like, NHL is doing some changes. NBA is just screwing it up somehow right now, but big time. We'll, we'll keep tabs on that all all season because it's just gonna keep happening and popping up. So yeah. Um. The other piece of news that's going to keep popping up is the goal totals that Mr. Alexander Ovechkin is going to keep climbing and climbing the list. He passes Mike Gardner for 7th all-time in goals, 709. I believe Mike Gardner also did play for the Washington Capitals, so a bit of nostalgia and memorabilia for the uh, Washington Capitals there. Yeah, so Ovi just keeps climbing the list, and like we always say this all the time, how basically <laughs> his career has been screwed due oh, yeah. to like NHL lockouts and then obviously COVID happening, like... If he, like, with how healthy and durable he's been through his whole career, add an extra, like, 150 games, if not more, he would be easily, like, at 800 goals and only be, like, less than 100 goals behind Gretzky at this point. But he's still, like, almost 200 behind still, which sucks. But I think think next on the list is Phil Esposito, who he'll probably pass sometime this year. So he'll be... And then I don't know who's after that. Maybe Brett Hall. But, like... He'll be sixth or fifth by the end of this season alone, to be honest. I think sixth for sure. But yeah, like we, I looked down the um, hot takes we had Joe Spicy Meatball, and we said that well, Alex Ovechkin officially passed Wayne Gretzky in goals, and that was before the pandemic. All right, so this guy yeah. was on pace for what fifty four, fifty three goals or something like that, and that's just what an extra because he got forty eight, so that's an extra two five goals. Yeah. I mean, that's still a lot. That still would have passed. Would that not have passed Mike Gartner already? Yeah, it would have. Because so, he only has three or four this year. So if I had five from last year, he would have passed him already. It's just like we said it before. We always say it. The games that he's missed. And it's not even his fault because he's not even injured in those games. It's just the season gets cut short. He misses his first NHL season where he gets drafted. So that's 82 games. He would have scored 50 goals because he already did in his rookie season anyway. So... That's an extra 50 goals just added to there. It's going to suck because, like, like I don't think he's going to pass it anymore. Because I don't just know the either. Games. Yeah. Unless he literally plays, like, right now, like, Paddy Marlowe is basically <laughs> just playing to break the record at this point. Like, if he does that and, like, say, like, Washington or whoever just gives him, like, one-year deals to kind of get closer, closer, if he can still kind of produce, like, it's up to him at this point because he's been screwed so many times with these games. Like, he would have already been in the sights of the record for like that's why it's so annoying as a big ov fan that i am so and then so we got some so since we have the disgruntled players that the pierre luc dubois patrick lining trade that happened a few weeks ago we got some on last night or not last night last saturday night 
there is some news that came out that Sam Bennett of the Calgary Flames has reportedly requested a trade from the Flames. And then also Victor Mete of the Montreal Canadiens requested a trade as well. But that again, those for Mete, those rumors or requests were disputed by Bergevin, <laughs> which he kind of has to do because he doesn't want to lose leverage in any trade that would happen. But it's like, it's just like, the trend keeps continuing for like mm. these young players. Like, okay, Bennett is not the youngest. Like, he's probably he's older than all like Dubois and yeah. Line Mete. All those guys are twenty two. Bennett's like twenty five, I think. So like, it's all these like young guys who are like that just keep like requesting trades from their teams. Like, it's sometimes it's up to them to perform, and then they have more leverage. But it's like like Sam Bennett and Victor like. Those guys are more depth guys. Like Sam Bennett's like a third liner on Calgary for like the last couple of years. Victor is like the sixth and seventh defenseman on Montreal this year. So like it's just I guess these guys want more opportunities, I guess, but it's like they don't have like the criteria to yeah. kind of request a trade, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With Sam Bennett especially, like obviously, yeah, you can go back to the draft, pick fourth overall compared to Doug Gilmore, but like <laughs> like just now, like he's a solid third liner winger center i mean i like i would take him on my team just that like it's unfair that he's healthy scratch because i don't think sam bennett is a healthy scratch player he's, he's still pretty good but like he'll never live up to that fourth overall pick ever so with him i think he's just gonna be like a plugger if he moves to another team i don't know how that works but with victor mete like i don't think they should trade him because if some defenseman goes down on your team i don't i don't know who's coming up exactly <laughs> like like i don't want montreal to trade him cuz just cuz he's a yeah, good just depth cause, player right? like, yeah just cuz right yeah you don't need to trade him just cuz yeah like you have him seattle's approaching like you want to protect your players maybe he's up there but even with bennett too he might be up there as well because i don't think calgary will protect him but it's just weird that both of these guys have the same agent, I believe, and are rumored to get dealt for each other, which doesn't make sense for either party, to be honest. Yes, Darren Ferris, the mastermind. Yeah, like, Mete going to Calgary, how does that benefit him? He's still the 6-7-D. Bennett going to uh, Montreal is fourth line. Yeah, like, like he's not going to be playing ahead of Kock and Yemi for no. third line center. Like, no. So. Like, he's not bad, but, like, you have to have... KK as a third line center yeah. right now. Like he's been doing fine there, so you have to keep him there. Can't fucking demote him. But <laughs> yeah. anyways, speaking of Sam Bennett, there's some rumors going around that he could be flipped to the New York Rangers who need another center, specifically on the third line because uh Philip Cheadle is hurt right mm-hmm. now. And one of the pieces going back is our boy Tony D'Angelo, who again last Saturday was the breaking point for the New York Rangers. After an OT loss versus the Penguins, he got into an altercation with his goalie, Gorgiev, who apparently punched him in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, he was actually put on waivers early last week, I think on Sunday or Monday. No one claimed him because he has a lot of off-the-ice issues with his personality and, and uh, Twitter antics, That was as we've already mentioned in previous episodes. So now it looks like they're going to try to trade him. The problem is, like... He's not a like he's very talented on the ice. Like he's a good offensive defenseman. He's bad in his own zone and he's terrible off the ice. Yeah. And he gets paid like four point eight million. Like that's a lot for a guy that only provides like offense yeah. from the from defense. Mm-hmm. 
and has bad off ice issues. So like I don't know what the Rangers are gonna do here. Like if you if you look at that rumor like Bennett and Calgary, like I don't think Calgary needs D'Angelo. They no. already have Rasmus Anderson as like their right handed offensive minded defenseman, I would say. Mm-hmm. Even though and uh, Rasmus Anderson is like more two way, but I don't think they want to deal with Tony D'Angelo, especially like we have your co-host on your other podcast who want who does not want another issue as a big Calgary fan for another uh, off the ice issue like with Bill Peters from last year. So it's just it's it's what do you think about this one? Yeah, like I don't know how the Rangers are going to trade a guy that has so much baggage attached to him. Like everyone knows he's a bad character. Dude, the guy's been on three teams. He's what 25 like Yeah. And he's a defenseman, right? So he's got to keep developing with one franchise to get even better and better. And with the Rangers, he looked good offensively. Just in the defensive zone, he's a mess. But the baggage off the ice, I don't know how you acquire that and be happy with yourselves. Like, he's been known to go on Twitter and save controversial stuff. He's been known to be an ass in the locker room. The worst guy in the locker room. Punching guys in the hallway. I don't know how a team is going to be happy with themselves acquiring this guy just based off what he's come and done. He's a great offensive defenseman, just I don't know if it's worth that contract even and the baggage attached to him to acquire him in a trade. So, like, I don't even know what a trade looks like anymore for him, but, like, I I can't see it being a lot anymore. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's just gone really downhill for this guy. Like, it's it's all on him, too. There's no one else's fault but him for all of this stuff that's happening with him. So either he's got to change, which it doesn't look like he has been, because again, <laughs> no. he's like already he's twenty five now. It's not like he's like a twenty one, twenty two year old. Like he's been in the league now for a while. So like it's honestly his fault if nothing, uh, if his NHL career kind of either ends or yeah. it gets stalled out a bit. So we'll keep tabs on that and see what happens. A trade could be happening soon, or he could mm-hmm. honestly even be released by the Rangers because... Well, yeah, yeah, because he's yeah. apparently played his last game, right? So Yep. Jeff Gordon confirmed he played his last game, so I'm not sure what else to uh, think of Tony D'Angelo now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on now to our next topic, and it's, and it's another team in the North Division, but not the Ottawa Senators, who are in last in the NHL. But it's the Vancouver Canucks who have played the most games in the NHL and have a losing record of, I think, 6-8. and eight. But they, like, on most nights, like, their losses have been bad losses. Like, mm-hmm. they just look like a team that, like, just, I don't know. Like, they can't put it together. They don't care on some nights. They look like pushovers. Their defense is horrible. Goaltending is not helping them. So what do you think is the problem with the Vancouver Canucks? They had a lot of expectation going into this year, yep. even though they lost like Markstrom and then Toffoli, obviously, who owns the Canucks right now. <laughs> but like, what do you think is wrong with this team? Yeah, I think what you just said, the losses that they suffered this offseason is the problem. When you don't really have depth scoring on your team and you let Tyler Toffoli go for the money he went to sign in Montreal and then proceeds to own your uh, his former team with what eight goals against them in four or five games yep that looks unbelievably stupid on jim benning because the money he probably could have signed just he didn't have it because he signed guys like jay beagle anton roussel tyler myers jordy ben the list goes on and on and 
Like I was looking the other day, their depth makes more money than their top six. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. So I guess management could be at fault here, but also there's a side where the players actually go on the ice and skate and play. And it doesn't look like they are, they look, they don't look like a, the constructed team that they were last year in the playoffs when they went to the second round, high expectations, all that stuff. But I remember going into the off season, this was the favorite team to win the North division. Uh, when they got knocked out in the second round, obviously they were had highest expectations because they made it the farthest, right? So I didn't really see it in that way because I knew some people were going to get lost in the off season and they did, but defense goaltending's got to be better. And honestly, like it was a 7-3 game versus the Leafs the other day, but they scored three goals on like 20 shots. If they yeah. get more shots, like Freddie Anderson does not look good in the season by all means, but like if they get more shots in him, they probably score five, four goals. So the offense is like, I don't even know what to think because it's so stretchy at times. So you've yeah. seen them, you've seen them a lot. So, I mean, you could comment really more on this. Their defense is honestly pathetic. It's like they lost Chris Tanev and they turned into like the Detroit Red Wings, like I don't know what happened. Like I, I don't know. Like did he play that big of an impact on the the D core? Because yeah. like they they replaced him, and I put replaced in quotation marks with Nate Schmidt, who's looked brutal. Yeah. Like he's been bad, brutal. and then everyone knew like with Markstrom going to Calgary that their goaltending was not going to be the same, and it hasn't even been close. But like Montreal beat them, I think six two, the other night. I think Tuesday night or Monday night. And Holpe probably had the best six goals against performance I've seen. They could have they let in like six breakaways. Vancouver it could have been like more than ten, it could have been ten goals easily. They they look horrible. Like it's like they don't care. And then they they lost to the Leafs for seven three. They made Jason Spezza look like 07 Spezza <laughs> on a couple of the goals. But they they just have no life right now. And like Pedersen, like he's been a little better recently, but. Not even close to what Canuck fans were hoping for this year. And then outside of like JT Miller, Besser, Horvat, their depth is horrific. Yeah, they have nothing. Yeah, That's nothing. the issue. Like, I completely forgot Tanner Pearson was even part of the organization. And when I saw him score, I'm like, oh... That that's their best depth score <laughs> besides yeah. their big boys. So like yeah. I'm like, that's a bit concerning because I think he scored his first. So and uh I don't they know. Jimmy Benning decided to keep uh, Jake for ten over Tyler Toffoli. That was the big decision he had to make and um it's yeah, safe to on. say he is embarrassing. So I just want to see cap friendly for a sec because I don't actually know what the what the um cap it is for them. So they have okay, they have zero <laughs> and they have four million on the LTIR right now, but Louis Erickson makes six millions on the taxi squad. Like, come on. Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, it, they're just... Like like I said, the management's one thing. The ice is the other. Your player's got to perform on the ice, and your management's got to do a right job in the management box. But, like, dude, they have so much stupid money locked up. They have to sign Demko, Pedersen, and Quinn Hughes this season with zero cap space right now. Zero. Do, do zero. They... If you're on cap friendly, do they have any of those like awful contracts coming yeah. off the books this year? Yeah, Sutter. I mean, Edler. You can include there, and Jordy been at two mil. So, okay. But th- I, does I, that I, even I, like make it? Yeah. Even, like that doesn't even add the money up to what I think the players are going to get. Because like Quinn Hughes, around like what seven? Pedersen around eight. Demko yeah. around three. So that's that's like low balling. Like now, yeah. Quinn Hughes and Pedersen have the same agent. Mm-hmm. So you, it's going to be harder to negotiate now. 
Yeah, well, we'll we'll keep tabs on that. We're in the Canadian division as well, and your team just practically owns the Vancouver Canucks. And let's hope Art, my team, can own the Canucks because they play tonight. So I think Canucks are gonna they better give a better effort, or else we're gonna just keep talking about them week after week of their bad performances. So yeah, hopefully the Leafs win tonight. Montreal keeps owning them. Let's just dive in right into our next segment. So our next segment here, of course, is the Hard Hat Award, which is awarded to the best player in the NHL this past week. So my player for this week, actually, both players. You own for, I own them in fantasy. It's about time. One of them just came back. So I'll do the my first pick. So yeah. it was my first draft pick, which was goaltender Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So he has four wins this week with a 9.30 save percentage and a 1.75 goals against average. So that's just unreal numbers. But again, he did play like Detroit twice. So I mean, is it really that impressive? But anyways, he's been really good for me, really good for Tampa. So he's my hard hat award winner of the week. Yeah, and then I'm going to go to mine. Mine is David Pasternak just came back off injury, I believe last Saturday. And in the week, he's terrorized all the teams he's played against. So he scored five goals, including one hat trick versus the Flyers in the massive comeback win that was incredible yeah Uh, three apples as well eight points in those games plus three two power play goals three power play points and 22 shots on goal it honestly could be more but like the boston bruins are just rolling like yeah it's not to say i under underestimated the boston bruins considering i thought marshan would be out way later and pasternak be out way later I had them in the predictions that's fourth in that division because of those injuries. Like they were gonna be out for like two months, dude. Like I didn't I didn't know he was gonna come back this soon. So Pasternak's been he hasn't missed a beat. Like he hasn't missed a beat. And he was injured with what, I think a shoulder or something? Like I think it was a hip or something. Hip and he just continues to look even better with a hip injury for some reason. So that guy is just He's unreal. Like, like no, he's not underrated. I don't want to say he's underrated, but like he is like sneakily one of the most skilled snipers in the game right now. But yeah. like I don't think it's sneaky anymore considering he has what five goals in what four games. So Yeah. But like he, he like you just you look at McDavid, you look at Drysaddle, you look at Matthews, look at Crosby, all those other guys and like I think you would put them ahead of Pasternak, but like Pasternak is right there. Like he can score, man. Like yeah, and he had 48 goals last year with Ovi to, like, tie the league lead. I think that him and Ovi shared the Rocket Richard last year. So, mm-hmm. it's like this guy has arrived, and he's, he's like, 24 years old. He's under contract, I think, for the next two or three years at, like, 6.6 or something. Like, just amazing deal. And then, like, Boston is, like, rolling. If I released my power rankings last – or yesterday, Friday mm-hmm. – and Boston is now first, spoiler alert, because they've just been coming back from every game. They've been down multiple goals in the third period and have come back to either win or get an overtime point. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's what they seem to do every time <laughs> they're down, come back. Like, I've seen it firsthand, so. Even, uh, like, their decor has really surprised me. Like, I thought, mm-hmm. like, Chara and Krug gone, like, they would struggle a lot. Like, okay, they let in, like, three goals a game, basically, <laughs> the last couple of games, but, like, like Brandon Carlos come through some big goals. Like, though, like Zobril has been like a pretty good puck mover. McAvoy's taking his game to another level. Like, if they could acquire another D by the trade deadline or before because of the whole quarantine thing, yeah. they they could be. They're all they're going to be another contender again this year. Everyone oh, yeah. thought their window was going to be closed because you know, oh Bergeron's getting older again. <laughs> the guy's been unreal. Rask is getting older. He's been good. Like. 
Krejci's been solid. He's getting older. It's like they just keep going. Like I don't know when it's gonna eventually fall off the we- the rails for these guys, but they just keep winning games. All right, so the next award here is our Golden Plunger Award. So this is given to the biggest underperformer of the week. And why don't you reveal your Plunger Award winner? Yeah, I'm going to flush my toilet and... It's a big flush. I was going to include the goaltender tandem for your pick. I won't mention the pick, but I think people might have gotten what the goaltender tandem is because it's been freaking terrible. But I'm giving it to another goaltender in, I believe, the central division right now. I think that's what it's called. I don't know if whatever. Yeah. I'm um, giving it to UC Saros. I also could include Rene, but Rene won a game, so I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But Saros was 0-1-1, almost 0-2, because the National Predators... Actually, Philip Forsberg put the team on his back and won that game, but almost 0-2 this week. 8-2-4 save percentage and a 5.58 <laughs> goals against average. I mean, that's talk brutal. about goalies who have underperformed this year. He may be at the top of that list because going into this season, he started those um, four playoff games, I believe, in the playoffs when it probably should have been Rene as the starter, as the lead dog in that organization. But Saros, as far as he started, he wasn't good then and he looked terrible this season. I have him in my fantasy pool in my other league and like he just keeps letting goals in it's like crazy it's like six goals five goals four goals in every game so mm-hmm. i know he's small i know he's this but like he was highly touted going into last year even so yeah i don't know if he gets his game back on track i hope he does but uc service does not look good i could add renee like i said to this list but he's looked eh, better i guess he has the win but uc service for mine how about you guys so for, like, I'm going to hop on to the Nashville, like, Saros. Like, the, if Nashville, if this guy doesn't turn it around, their goaltending's in trouble. Like, Rene's, like, 38, 39. Like, I think he's in the last year of his deal. Like, if this guy can't be the next number one, like, they're screwed. Like, because I think they just drafted a goalie in this past draft or last year. Am I wrong? Yeah, Askarov. Yes, okay. So they just drafted him. He's probably, like, two, three years max away yeah. from even coming to the organization. So if, if Soros can't like elevate <laughs> his fort, yeah, yeah exactly like he was so highly touted like even like three four years ago like oh this guy is the next number one behind Rene blah 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 like I like you said he's small but like he's been brutal like most of the games he's played the last year or so so it's not looking good like they have Askarov obviously he's gonna hopefully be their next number one but like Soros was supposed to be that and I guess they didn't have much faith in him because he took a goalie in the first round mm-hmm. of this past year's draft so interesting to see there and like Nashville has a good decor so I don't know what the problem is there so so for my pick the plunger it's going to go to the Detroit Red Wings like <laughs> this team similar to Ottawa they had so many additions in the offseason that you would think they would be competitive. You would think they have a much better team on paper than they did last year. And they're literally the exact same as they were last year, if not worse. So, okay, they played Tampa twice, fair, this week. But they, they haven't won a game since their first week of the season. Like, similar to Ottawa. Ottawa just beat Montreal on Thursday. I knew that was gonna happen. That was a trap game. So I was not mad that they lost. I knew that was gonna happen. Um, but Detroit, it's like, I saw a stat, like, no other 
goaltender has won a game for the Detroit Red yeah, Wings other than Jonathan Bernier in the last like year and a half. Like that's Thomas, pathetic. that's pathetic. Like Thomas Grace was brought in a pretty good goalie for the Islanders for a few years. He's been bad. He got pulled after in the halfway through the first period the other game. Yeah. Then they had you know Jimmy Howard last year who won two games. <laughs> Two. He was like two and twenty-five or something, and he retired. Poor guy. He's like, I'm done. And then the depth has been terrible. I just said, oh my god, because I look at Thomas Grace. He's zero and seven. Yeah. Oh seven and two. Yeah. Oh no goalie and has won other than Bernier. You know what's funny though? His save percentage is better than Freddie Anderson's at eight nine two. Yeah, same prices. Save percentage is like with with Anderson as well. He has not been good either. Holy. But. Yeah, no other goalie other than Bernier has won. I'm not. This is not an exaggeration. It's a stat. Yeah. Oh my God. That's it's, crazy. It's it's embarrassing, and it's like Jonathan Bernier. It's not like Carey Price. It's like, <laughs> like you know, like it's so dumb. And then now I think Detroit they're starting to play more young guys. I think mm-hmm. they had a bunch of guys on COVID that came back from the COVID protocol. Like Zadina, I believe, is back into the lineup, but. Jeff Blatchell has to go, man. He is horrible as a coach. He's been there way too long, and he really stunts the the development of some of their players. Like, um, I don't exactly remember who it was, but since all those guys came back from COVID protocol, he took one of the young guys off and put him back on the taxi squad. And one of my friends who's a big Detroit fan was really pissed about that because he's like, why is Blatchell playing another veteran over a young guy? You have to develop the young guys now. Chalowski's not even playing. Yeah, it's like he's still like, not playing. Yeah, he's not. It's not like he's on COVID protocol. He's just scratched. Like, mm-hmm. I think Blatchell has to go like now. Like, he is such a bad coach. And I've been saying that for a few years now. So, Detroit's just a mess. Like, I know they're still rebuilding, but they should be much more competitive than yeah. what they are right now. Yeah, way more, considering, like, the depth kind of signings they signed in the offseason. Like, I was happy with them, but, like, <laughs> hasn't really worked out in that way, so. Yeah. I was honestly, like, I I, for, I completely blanked out for I thought you put Ottawa, and I, so, but I put Ottawa last week. I could even set them again. Like, I know they won well, against Montreal. Yeah, we they who, won, so that's why. We who, but, like, their goaltenders, that's, like, Hey, Matt Murray looked good. Not even playing in the net. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you saw that clip. Like. Hey, oh to, to be fair, Matt Murray played really well on Thursday, so that's why I was gonna put them again, but they won. They are, yeah. that was the biggest upset, so <laughs> I had to put them. I had to put Detroit there because they haven't won since the first week. So that's ridiculous. <laughs> yep. So now the next segment here, what you say? So we actually have another quote here. Jason Derulo is coming back for this week. What you say? And for this, what you say of the week? It's another uh, another ripping of the media. So last time, the first week, I remember we had Voracek ripping the media. Now it's Paul Maurice of the Winnipeg Jets, the coach, defends his captain Blake Wheeler, who was asked the question of whether that Wheeler is regret- regressing or not. So this is what Paul had to say about that. Like, I, 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 right, you'll you'll do your deep dives and analytics, and God, they do a horse job of telling you what five guys do. Like the goal that you you're beaking them on last night, you got put in a real tough spot by a horse back check by somebody else, right? And I'm sensitive to it because I've been in awe of this guy since I got here. His his work level, like he's unimpeachable in his character and how he runs that room and how he plays. He's got 11 points in 10 games. And and 
Yeah, shift length shorter because I'm asking the whole hockey team to run their shift shorter, and and that's what he does as a captain. He'll bolt off the ice as fast as he can to lead. So this is just another thing. Like me and you both are kind of on the same page in regards to analytics. Like we both believe it's important to an extent, but really the eye test is for much lack of a, is much more important. Yeah, like we both are on the same wavelength of that. Like we believe analytics is important to an extent. But if you watch Wheeler play, like, again, the guy's 34 years old. He can still skate pretty good. He has, as of the, when the quote was said, he had 11 points in 10 games, which is very impressive for a guy of his age. And, you know, he's a captain. He's a, he's a leader mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's getting, oh, Blake Wheeler's regressing. Like, the stats say yes, okay, fine. But the guy's still putting up points. He's still performing. The Jets are doing well right now. Mm-hmm. It's not like he has 11 points in 10 games and they have, like, three wins. Like, they have seven wins already. So what are your yeah, thoughts on not, this? It's not like he has, like, five points in 11 games. He has a point per game right now. Yeah. So, like, I know he's, like, minus nine. That I believe is the worst on the team. But... Yeah. At the end of the day, the players in the locker room don't give an F about analytics, first of all. Maybe some do, but I, I don't see a player going, oh, man, my analytics are bad. I got to get that up, man. Like, No, you're, you're, you're going out there to score goals, pass pass the puck to your teammates to uh, score goals as well. You are not. You don't care. Like, What, what player is like, you know what? I'm going to focus on my analytics today. I'm going to dump the puck out as much as I can, try and retrieve the puck as much as I can, be in the offensive zone as much as I can. No, you're just trying to win the game, man. Like... I don't get this outside crowd of noise that coaches or players get the heat for being non-analytical, like, good players. Like, imagine if Connor McDavid was the worst analytical player in the league. Just imagine. Like, yeah, I don't no know. no one would care. Like, no, no one would care because they'd be like, oh, it's Connor McDavid. He's actually really good. He puts up points. No, but you're saying for that for other guys as well. So, it's a topic that's like, I don't know if it's, the word is controversial, but like... It's not the be-end-all of a player to kind of make him what he is not, in a sense. Because players are bad analytical, but they're actually, like, great goal scorers. Like, I know Ovi's been in the conversation a lot for this. His five-on-five play is not great, and he gets bashed for it. Like, dude, my buddy didn't even have him in the top ten wingers in the league. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's a joke. I'm sorry. Like, the guy scored 48. He just won the Rocket. I don't care what his analytics say. He scored 48 goals. Yeah, like, the guy is scoring against, like, the guy is, like, 35, and he's scoring, like, yeah. he's 25 still. Like, like who cares if he doesn't uh, back, <laughs> back check, check. Yeah, like. on, like, uh, a five-on-five five or, like, you know, he, he only has, like, uh, three. Uh, he averages uh, zero point this and five-on-five per five 60. Man. I don't give a shit, man. The guy <laughs> could... The guy still has a missile of a shot that no one could stop when yep. he, when he winds it up. Like I don't care. I don't know. Like I think that's gonna be even like uh, other sports too. MLB. Remember the finals shit show? Like yep, that was it. That was they cost the World Series and they they blew up like the team after that for some reason. But that's a like, different story. It'll never leave sports. Like I don't know how much it factors into um, basketball and such thing because you're just literally running back and forth <laughs> out the court. But like. In sports, this is going to be a topic for, like for years to come because yeah. it's such a. It's now a, the analytics department is such a big part in your organization. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I put big in quotation because I don't know how big it is to the players, but I know people. I know the staff has them. They rely on them sometimes, but it's going to be a bickering between all oh, the eye tests versus all oh, the analytics department. So yeah, 
like I, I don't know if the word is hate for me, but like sometimes like you can't just like mark a player bad because of his analytics. Like I don't know, it's it's a topic I could go on forever and ever, and you can too. But like, yeah. I don't know when. Just they're gonna like I still the Olymp- like well, we're getting off top here, but it's getting me riled up. Like the Olympic rosters, dude. Why the hell is Mackenzie Weger there? Wait, he was where? Like some guy did like a mock one. Like I don't know how big of a following he has, but he had Mackenzie Weger as the seventh D. I'm like, yeah, that guy probably hasn't picked up a fucking hockey stick in his life. So like, really? Like I know Mackenzie Weger is decent. Is he Team Canada? No. He's maybe Team Canada at the World Championships. Top yeah. six. <laughs> like, I don't understand that, man. But whatever. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Do you, do, you have a, do you have a hot take for this week? Wait, we got to get into our Battle of the Buds first. Oh, Battle of the Buds. Sorry. All right, okay, right. then I'll do my hot take. Okay, so uh, you went 2-1 and one this week. Actually, we both went 2-1 and one yep. this week. So why don't you say who won, who lost? Yeah, so I picked the Penguins over the Rangers. They lost on February 1st, I believe. That was Sunday. So they lost 3-1, I believe. And then I picked the Blues over the Coyotes. They won that. And then I picked the Lightning over the Red Wings, which they both won those games. So it wouldn't matter what game I picked, but they won that as well. So I also went 2-1. So I had the Bruins at Capitals uh, last Saturday. That's when the Bruins came back 3-0, and they lost in overtime. So I lost that one. Then I had Flames at Jets February 2nd. I had the Jets winning, so that was good. And then Stars at Blue Jackets uh, on Thursday. Yeah, so that was a big bounce-back game for the Blue Jackets. After they got slacked by the Stars on Tuesday. So I got that one. And uh, I, I'm, I'll just go into mine for this upcoming week. So TV is currently at 7-2. and two. I'm at 5-4. and four, So I need to start catching up here. So I got the Blackhawks at the Stars on February 7th. I have the Stars winning at home. The Flyers visit Washington on February 9th. I have the Flyers winning that one. But I'm not sure now. Because <laughs> Carter Hart, I have no idea if he's injured or not. But I'll, I'll still stick with the Flyers because Elliot's been solid for them since yep. he's been there. And then I got the big one here, big big controversial one. We got Leafs at Habs February 10th. So this is a Wednesday in Montreal. I have the Leafs winning this game, but I don't want them to win. But I'll have them winning just so I can catch up in the bow of the buds if they do win. It's a win-win scenario for you because if they win, you got to win here, and if they lose. You- You've got to win in your real life. Yeah. So <laughs> I was going to pick that game as well, but you took it before me. But yeah, like you said, I'm 7-2. and two, And this week I'm taking the Golden Knights over the Kings on February 7th. They just schlacked them last night. So hopefully yep. I can do that again. I'm taking the Controversial Penguins over the Devils on February 9th. I don't even know if that game's going to be even happening. So what, whatever. Um, and then I'm taking the Flames over the Canucks on February 11th. Flames have looked... Below okay. yeah, average. They looked, yeah, they looked okay at best. So I'm going to take the Flames over the Canucks there. So 7-2 and two on the season. Joe's 5-4. and four. He needs to catch up here. I think this might be the week, Joe, but... Yeah, we'll see. All right, so for my uh, spicy meatball of the week, I don't really... Let me see if I could premeditate one right now because I didn't have one in mind. I always have to think of one on the spot. It usually is based on like our discussion of the episode. So I guess for this one, um, I mean, I could say like Detroit will win the lottery. <laughs> Why don't we say that one? Detroit, okay, so, so Detroit will win the lottery for the 2021 NHL draft. Do you, yes or no? I'm going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> because... That was like a random one, but... Because 
they haven't in the past. I think they got a bit screwed like yeah, last year. Yeah, they did. That's what I. That's why I want. I think they might get it now because they should have a hundred percent got it last year. Yeah, and like I don't know. Like they're just really bad. I had Chicago ahead of them. I just I had Shaker right now, but Detroit has to. They already have gaining. Pro- they're already gaining prospects and have some young guys, but like. Maybe they need that guy in the first overall pick. Like, I don't know if yeah. it's a generational talent this year because I think it's, like, Owen Power in the mix there, too. But, mm-hmm. like, even that story, man. Like, the draft is going to be postponed a year. Like, they're going to do back-to-back drafts in one summer next year. Like, yeah, that, that better not happen. That is retarded. I'm it doesn't make sense because... Sense. So, like, I was talking with Luca for, like, for this. If, if they don't have a draft this summer, Seattle's coming into the NHL next year. They don't have a draft pick heading into their first season as a team. Yeah. They don't have a they don't have any draft picks they can choose. So like but they're going to do a they're going to do a an expansion draft like you got to do you got to do yeah. both. Like how does they that make to... sense back to, like you're that's like an OV situation where like if you put the draft next summer, that's a year wasted of the guy. Like that's a year maybe of a first pick or someone pick and that draft not playing. Mhm. Like, I know I totally get they're not playing in the OHL right now. They're going to play, what, maybe, like, 20 games or something. And, like, drafts might be a bit weaker. But, like, come on. That's, like, stupid. Yeah, that is very stupid. Like, some of the decisions that the NHL is making, like, with all this is, like, very, like, stupid. Like, it's, like, why would you even think about this? Like, I get, like, they're not playing, but, like. Just send them in Europe. Like, Europe is playing. Like, (laughs) send, like, 90. college. Yeah, college as well. Like, college is playing, Big Ten's playing, all that stuff. So, like, I don't understand, like, why you can't just send them away somewhere just to get some playing time. So, yeah, so I also think Detroit's going to win the lottery because, like you said, they've been screwed multiple times. Like, last year they were, I think they picked fourth, right? Like, they should have had Lafreniere, like, to be honest. Rangers Mm -hmm. got lucky again, but... um, but yeah, like I think, like like you said, like there's no generational talent in this year's draft. Like it's it's also a very defense heavy draft, mm-hmm. like with Owen Power and Bobby Clark. I think is the other one. Brent Clark. Brent Clark. Sorry, sorry. And there's another. Oh, Luke Hughes as well could be yeah. up there. Quinn and Jack's youngest brother, who allegedly is, is supposed to be the best one out of the three. <laughs> That's what the brothers say, anyways. So we'll see about that. So it's a very defense-heavy draft. So we'll see what Detroit does if they get the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's it. I mean, for me, I have the articles coming out weekly. I know you do as well with the power rankings for yep. next week. It's the top three fantasy players uh, of every week. So just keep. I'm releasing that every Monday, so that will be out every Monday. And then, I guess power rankings for you every Friday, right? Yeah, every Friday they'll be out, and uh, I still have to do my grit grinder. I haven't, that was a new series I was going to start, but I haven't done my first one yet. Like, I already know what I'm going to do, but I just haven't gotten around to doing it. So I'll try to have that out, like, early next week if I can. Yep. Yeah, so if you want to check those articles out, you can just go to thebreakdownsports.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore breakdown and IG on the same thing, the underscore breakdown. We have Facebook as well, so search for that. T Public, everything on there. You could get T-shirts from us, so. Oh, big, also big, uh, uh, we should do a big plug for Thrive Fantasy. They're doing a bunch of Super Bowl prop bets. The Super Bowl is tomorrow. We're recording this yep. on February 6th. So if you want any prop bets or you want to make any uh, fantasy lineup for the Super Bowl, check out Thrive Fantasy. 
they're they're i have i have the app so they're really cool it's really cool it's, it's not like a traditional fantasy kind of setup like yahoo mm-hmm. or espn it's just, it's really unique in that sense so go check them out yeah who do you have i have the i think I, i'm gonna go chiefs but everyone says you can't underestimate tom brady but I yeah think the chiefs got this one i want the chiefs to win but i have a bet with my other friends on the buccaneers just because like like I'd rather lose money, because or than see Tom Brady win again. Like I'm just tired of that guy winning. Like it's <laughs> honestly it's so annoying at this point. Like me and you have been alive for le- barely 20 years, and the guy's been in the Super Bowl half that amount of time. So yeah, like, literally. Yeah. Like Ten. it's it, yeah, it's it's literally like annoying at this point. I just, I would rather see Mahomes go back to back. Brady's already the goat, so like. I don't think a seventh will do anything for his legacy. Like he's already the goat. So. I know, yeah. <laughs> the guy's unbelievable, but yeah. yeah, we'll be eating lots of food. I guess well, I'll be eating lots of food. I don't know about you, but tomorrow the Super Bowl's there. We'll be glued to the couch from what seven to eleven, and the weekend's also performing as well during the halftime. So we'll see if that face is all new and good. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Intend right. will be back next Saturday. Join us. Woo! Oh,